Yeah, so you've been doing a lot of press. I was going to ask you, like, because you did Mike Tyson's podcast and uh, Shannon Sharp, and then you've done in the past, like Conan, Oprah, Arsenio, you've done everything. Who's the greatest interviewer? Like me as an interviewer, if I want to study, who should I study? Uh, I'd say probably Arsenio Hall. Really? Well, he listened. He listened a lot. You know, he listened a lot. And then and then second would be um would probably be uh 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 Jay Leno. Really? Jay Leno? The king, the king of the king of all of them is Johnny Carson. Did you ever you never did the tonight show when when he hosted though, did you? With uh, uh, Jay Leno? With uh, Johnny Carson. No, 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 no. But I actually was in I believe I was in Hollywood when I was in Hollywood when when Carson was still on the air. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Because he w- was there till like ninety one or ninety two or something. Yeah. 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 So I, I I witnessed it and you know was there when 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 um Robin Williams and other people you know Crystal Billy Crystal was like really taking off. I I actually got to be there. I was a kid though, but I got to be there. Yeah. I mean, that was such a bigger deal back in the day, like doing the Tonight Show. Now it's like, it's, it seems like it's all about podcasts. Well, you know how it goes. You know, the, the you go from a, a, a small road or, or dirt road to a highway, man. You know, that's just, that's just mankind and his progress, you know, but what doesn't change is, you know, just good old genuine, good entertainment. It doesn't change. I don't care if you're podcast or whatever you're doing, you know, if you're really committed to doing it good, it's, it's going to transmit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you've done so much entertainment. Um, I, I just read your book. I binged it last night. It's amazing. Oh, really? Put it it's, down. It's, it's, you, can, you can read it quick. Yeah, I do it on Audible. I did a double speed and mm-hmm. uh, I had to put it down at the beginning. I mean, it's so, it's something about anything to deal with uh, kids or animals mm-hmm. being hurt or in, I, I just, I'm like, I can't, I got to like take a step back. But it's so yeah, inspirational too because. You know, you rise above all this and then you just have such an amazing career with the music and, uh, you know, obviously the film and TV and stand up and just uh, so many amazing things. Yeah. Looking at it now, it all seems a little surreal. But, you know, it's a great job. That's what it is. It's a great job. My first job was a a busboy at IHOP and I got free pancakes, dude, you know, and, um, you know, worked my butt off. So it's a great job. You know, I'm I'm glad that 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 I'm a part of our, our our workforce, man. You know? Well, yeah, it's shocking in the book you talk about when you were first offered in Living Color that you were trying you were turning it down basically. You're going to say, "No, I don't want to do this because I want to stay I want to stay working at the deli." Basically because you were so hurt from being turned down to a, a different world that you didn't want to audition for anything else. Yeah. Yeah, and then well a lot of opportunities went away. You know, I picked the Eddie Murphy pilot. I had a part on um, right. on Murphy Brown that, w- that was guaranteed as a co-star to her. And um, a, a holding deal with Disney, which was worth some money. And none of them, you know, I chose one and it didn't work out. And then everything fell. You know, earlier that, 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 that uh, different world audition had happened before that. You know, but that was another big opportunity to be a star on NBC. So what we wanted to do was go back to the clubs and just start over and just, you know, go back to what I'm, I, I do best and then wait for the next opportunity. But I didn't really know what it was. It was just the timing. 
you know, I knew who Keenan was and, you know, I had already been on this little mountaintop and I had a smart agent. He said, audition, if you get it, you get it. You don't, you don't, you know, and I did it and I got it. Yeah. And the rest is history. It's amazing uh, that that was like basically a springboard for a, a lot of the rest of your career. Yeah. It, all of us, you know, it, it was the, it was the best show at that time and probably one of the best shows of all time, really. Does, how often does that get brought up? Like every day, does somebody bring bring, bring, that, bring that up or recognize you? If you're working on a project, that somebody will come up to you and say, I love John and Living Color? Oh, yeah, practically every day. You know, just like probably Gilligan, you know? <laughs> <laughs> who was the funniest person on In Living Color? Like when the cameras weren't rolling, who was the funniest person that made the whole cast crack up? David. David was the one that made us laugh a lot, man. And also Jim. Jim, Jim, Jim and David were the ones that made us crack up a lot. But, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of, kind of, I could sink three pointers from both sides, man. You know, I can make, I can make us laugh off and on, you know? Yeah. So the thing that got you that role, which was interesting, I was going to see if I could find the video of this. You said that you did an impersonation of Mike Tyson as RoboCop. Oh yeah. Yeah. That sounds hilarious. I did. I did. Robin Givens as RoboCop. You know, I'd lost a lot of my good material to comics that went up before me and did my stuff. So well, all I can say is that the good, you know, the good comedy god in the cosmos gave me a fresh joke right then and there. And I I went with it. I did all the improv with it that goes with it. I did, you know, RoboCop accurate. And it was just, it was, it was perfect. It was perfect. That's you crazy. Stand you got to stand in ovation. Yeah, that's amazing. But that's crazy. You you said that people stole your act. Is that I heard that's kind of was more common back in the 80s and stuff. Is that com comedians were very cutthroat. Now everybody does everybody's podcast and it's a lot more friendly, but back then it was more competitive. Yeah, but you know, you don't get to see the clubs these days. You know what I mean? There's not a camera in the clubs. So, you know, it's easy for another comic to go to another club and do my stuff or someone else's stuff. But so really it's actually, still happening. You know, you know, there's there's two kinds of people, right? There's people that create, you know, and then there's people who benefit from the creations. You know, if you're a creator, you're a creator. If you got if you got the ability to create your own material and it's really really good, you're a lucky soul. You know, but there's a lot of people who just need time to be on stage and just need time on podcasts and just need time to be seen by people because. It's not about what's really good anymore or the value of something. It's not about, oh, this was really, really good. It's about this was really, really popular. It seems like that to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are such a good creator. I not only wrote the book and obviously your stand-up, you wrote sketches and this music. Let's talk about the music here that you've, you've made. Um, I actually love jazz i took history of jazz in college and then um i love uh watercolors on sirius i mean sometimes i would just turn that on or classical i used to drive yeah. over and i would try to turn that on just to it mellows me out do you feel like that's the point of this kind of music is that what you use it, use it for as well it's just it just mellows you out yeah it's it was for two reasons i didn't really want to go into popular music because you know the competition isn't the competition. The competition is that business. So where am I going to find a place in there to express myself musically when 
you know, the music is a certain way. It just is. And it doesn't really match what I do, you know? And to get something on, to get something done with popular music, it's it's like a it's like a war, it's like a blood fest. So I chose to go into smooth jazz because I could express myself musically and be genuine about it. Because because smooth jazz is just one of the things that I do. I I can do soul, I can do anything, man. When it comes to music, trust me, I can do anything. But I had to start somewhere, and I wanted to start somewhere where people would say, "Man, that is really good." What he's doing is really good. You know, not what he's doing is very is really popular. You know, it seems like in pop music, especially urban, especially black music, it just seems like, you know, especially for the younger people, it just seems like, you know, everything else is blocked out and they get to hear one kind of thing. And that's really not my thing. You know, it's really not my thing. I'm not, you know, hey, how many twerks can I get in and who am I going to murder today? You know what I mean? And, you know, you know, it's just not where I'm coming from. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, and, I was like, yeah, and if I catch your ass, I'm going to blast your ass. You know what I mean? Like, you know, shooting a revolver into someone isn't, isn't, isn't something that's, you know, part of my normal day. Well, yeah, it's interesting because given your, your background, reading your book and the story and all you've been through, I would think like, I'm not as strong as you. I don't know if I would make it through all those things. And you come out and you're making this beautiful, like, it's almost like uplifting, positive music. Like, I'm surprised your music isn't darker given everything you've been through. <laughs> it may come. <laughs> it may come. It may come. No, but what, what came out of that experience is genuine. You know, um, you know, it's like, what are the possibilities of a, of a blade of grass growing up through a sidewalk, you know, it's, it's, you know, and it, anytime that anybody sees that, that, that grass, they know that there's something bigger than us. That's good. Or it couldn't have got up through there and started climbing towards the sun, you know? Right. Isn't that something in, in your book that you said about um, forgiveness and that's how you, you were able to forgive people because forgiveness, it, it means like something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And I forgive myself. You know, forgive myself for, for stabbing me in the neck, you know, and, and the things that I felt from in life, you know, the lessons that I learned, you know, the lessons that I learned on the skin of my ass. I mean, you know, I'm not coming here trying to be, you know, savior. I'm just part of this mankind that we got. I like to call it mankind and not the human race because that's our problem. We're all racing for stuff, you know, you know, we're racing, we're racing for some really basic stuff, fresh water, food for our people to eat, educational system, you know, being able to go to sleep at night and, and everybody's racing for it, you know, but mankind, I, I like that better because it, it doesn't matter what's going on with politics or wars or whatever It's man being kind that kept us here. Yeah. So if you look in your book, when you reflect back on your life, if you could do it again, given the same circumstances, is there something that you would have done differently? I, I could say that, you know, that I wish I didn't make the mistakes that I made, but look at the results. Look at the results, you know? And, and you know, of course, I'd like to go back there and not feel the pain. 
you know, or not take those risks that I took. But at the time, I didn't know any better. I know a little more now about myself and I know a little more about what I want to give to others. It starts with the music, Kid Zero, and all the stuff that I did and that, that I'm building in music. It started with In Living Color and my comedy. It's what I do for a living. Thank God a lot of people get exposed to my work, you know, but they also get exposed to Michelobes, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, Michelob ain't knocking on your door going, hey, man, for the two cases that you drank, I got something for you. You know what I mean? Right. You know? Your music has more of a positive message. So, yeah, let's talk about the the single uh, Kid Zero, which features uh, Julian Vaughn and I'm going to butcher this name. Is it Sheila Minucci? Uh, Kieli Minucci. Okay. Kieli Minucci, yeah. It, 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 brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guitar player out of New York, New Jersey, and just brilliant. I, 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 I loved him, and I called him, and I told him that, and I said, I really would like you on this record. He was like, the Tommy Davis? And I was like, yeah. He's like, let me hear it. And I sent it to him. He's like, yeah. Yeah, and I did the same thing with, with, with Julian Vaughn, too. You know, I had some other people picked out, you know, for this. Both of them said yes, and they kind of disappeared. So I had to find some other people. I'm resilient, you know. Yeah. Well, you also have Dave Cause on a, and Patches Stewart. on. And, but is that that single? Uh, how do I say the name? Is it La, Los, Lausanne? Lausanne. Lausanne. Is that you Lausanne. singing on that? Because that's an amazing yeah. vocal range. Yeah, that's me. That's me singing on there. And it's, and, and it's Patches trumpet playing and a, and a sax and a brilliant saxophone player and a producer greg manning who's was kind enough to work for work with me <laughs> you know kind enough to hear my ideas and, and let me give him ideas and it was a lot of surrender and give and take in that relationship because a lot of times i just go you know what you just go ahead and do it i'm gonna ride with that you know yeah, i've learned how to how to how to be a a, a good collaborator Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you made beautiful music here. What, explain the cover art on that one, though, because it's like this older man and a little girl and he's holding a sign that says, let's clean up the ghetto. Yeah, that, that picture was taken by a famous uh, photographer out of Harlem. We did a lot of great shooting in Harlem during during the mid 50s and early 60s. And that was from the late 50s. And I wanted I wanted I wanted the, anyone who looks at that picture. I wanted them to see strength, strength from a society that has been weakened, which is African-American society in this country. And to see how, how uh, bold and brilliant and how, how, how much self-love that they have for not only themselves, but for their country. You know, they're here, they are in, that, in, in those times when they couldn't drink at a water fountain in a certain place or, 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 or vote or any of these things, they still were concerned about their home. And their home, yeah, is it, it wasn't Quakerland. You know what I mean? And so here they are. That's obviously the girl's grandfather. You know, the guy over in the corner represents all of us, you know. So what am I going to do, you know? And so it became really, really important. The, the image became important to me. The, the the song title is is the song is is an adaption from uh, uh, Andy Snitzer's song called Lausanne, but Lausanne 
is a city in Switzerland where the women are, are known for great legs because the whole city is built on hills, you know? Oh. So whatever he was thinking when he wrote that, it came out really beautiful. My rendition of it is to elicit a response to the listener to think good thoughts and do good deeds for others. And that was the point of, of me doing it. I love it. I love that message. And I feel like that's these the, the songs that you put out. That's what it feels like to me. It just, I even right before this interview, I was a little nervous. I put on some of your music and I was like, Oh, this like chills me out. It just makes me, there's something powerful about music that does that, especially yours. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, you know, that was the test, wasn't it? Right. The test was okay. Now how is this going to be received? But I've been lucky, man. I've been lucky. I've been lucky all of my life. What I like is usually what other people's like. You know, even even when 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 I was called the nigger and my brother and sister were called the white crackers, people really still really liked love, regardless of what color they were. So as this kid, even though I was called that and I felt under pressure and felt scared and all these things, I was a really loving kid. Like the essence of me stayed stayed there, and one of those, and one of those had to do with. The home I came from, if these white people can love me and I love them, then this whole other thing is an illusion. So why don't I just act the way I need to act, which is the way I act at home anyway? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it was so heartbreaking to read that part of the book. Um, and just, you know, because I don't, I don't know what that's, I don't know what it's like to experience racism, but just hearing that from, because a, a little kid, you didn't understand. You're just like, you're just like, wait, I don't but why are they calling me these names? I, I don't understand. Like, it was just so heartbreaking to read that. And uh, I mean, because it sounds like your mom just showed you love, which was really cool. And that's, you dedicate the book to her and uh, what an amazing woman. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, you know, there's weird feelings that just come out of, come out of the different cultures. You know, anytime you're around a bunch of black people that are laughing at something that you don't understand, you're kind of going, I'm not going to say anything. You know what I mean? I'm just going to let this go ahead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go ahead and be what it is. You know, that's that's that was the magic of In Living Color. It freed white America to laugh with us and feel that feeling. Oh, you yeah. I, mean? I love it. I mean, yeah. But it's a natural it's a, feeling. You know, yeah. It's a natural feeling. If you're outside of our group and you don't really understand our group, but you do see the brutality and you see all the stuff that's going on. The, the gentlest part of you is like. I'm going to stay neutral. Well, I think it, it taught so many. I mean, I'm just like a little white kid in the suburbs. And I remember seeing the commercial for In Living Color with the Homeboy Shopping Network. And I was like, that show looks funny. And then I remember just getting hooked. And I, so did every kid in my school. We all loved it. And I think you guys taught, uh, you know, like white America about black culture in so many ways with that show. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had been taught. You know, we had been taught by white culture, the Andy Griffith show. Uh, Mikhail's Navy, Batman, 1966, you know, uh, um, we have been taught by, you know, uh, Lucy and, and, and Dez, you know, and, and, and by, um, we all got taught by the Jeffersons in, in good time. We all got taught, you know, we, these are things that, that, that we, we got taught by Beverly Hills, you know, so, you know, that's what we're looking at, right? We're looking at entertainments. Uh, contribution to the melding of our society. You know what I mean? 
Right. You yeah, know, and, and to me, and it was just, we, it was funny. It was, I didn't care about right. skin color, but I was just like, this is a funny show. I like it. So right. I like the Simpsons too. It was the same. It was like, you guys were on the same night, I think. Yeah. I mean, when, 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 you know, the, 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 the Beatles are Brits, you know, white guys from Britain. But when they say, you know, all we need is love. Love is all we need. We all hear it. We don't say, oh, who is the British guys? And they don't know what they're talking about. We know they're right. Right. You know? Absolutely. And that's what I love about this music and your stand. Yeah, right comes through. You know, that man that's on uh, the cover of Kid Zero yeah. is John Brown, the abolitionist. That's his last day of being alive. They're taking him out of the courthouse to go and lynch him because he took some of his friends and his son and some slaves and got some guns and said he's going to end slavery that day. You know, goes to Harper's Ferry to start the Civil War himself with his friends and they all get slaughtered. He leaves. Even his sons get killed. He, they, they get slaughtered. He he's caught condemned to death. He's coming out of the courtroom and a painter caught the moment as he's coming out of the courtroom, a, a, a slave woman brings a baby and have her as her kiss him on the cheek. And at her feet are black and white children. Kid zero. That's me and you. That's ground zero for everybody. Right. That's what started the Civil War. So Kid Zero, you know, Kid Zero is more than a song to me. Kid Zero is some sounds that I put together that can spark that part of you that doesn't hate others. That's why I put children in it. You can feel this song. You can feel the spirit. Yeah, it was it, Kid Zero is all of us. It's starting over and bringing everybody back together. Yeah, and how could we absolutely be nothing scientifically and come from nothing? Right. Right, so we all are Kid Zero. We all started somewhere, nowhere, right? And this is, you know, this is pretty solid. I mean, you know, let me put your put your hand on the, on the ground and hit it with a hammer, you know, it's not going to go through it, you know? So this is what we know is real, right? Knocking on wood. We start to count from zero to infinity. But if zero is nothing, then where did one come from? There's gotta be something about this. So that was my contribution. See, my, my contribution to music is just like my contribution to comedy. I'll give you some stuff that you'll laugh at, but when you think about it later, you're like, hmm, that's true. Yeah. Well, and you bring it, it brings joy to people. I think that's the biggest right. thing. You're not that's dividing people, that's you're what, bringing us together. Yeah, that's what truth does, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have another song coming out, because you were saying earlier how you do all styles of music. You have a song coming out with Stevie Nicks and Jerry Cantrell and, and Phil Collin from Def Leppard. Somebody's been talking over here, man. <laughs> How did that one get out? Um, let's say it's it's let's say it's 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 in the dream machine. It's in it's not actually Yeah, let's say it's you say it's in the cloud. Nobody knows what the cloud is anyway. So I'll put it in the cloud. <laughs> it's in the cloud. Is there other future yeah. things that you I know you have a few tour dates? Are you gonna add more tour dates? And are you doing tour dates for comedy or music or both? Right now, I'm doing tour dates with with Cat Cat Williams, and they're going stupendous. 
His comedy is pretty interesting. His comedy is kind of about what I'm about. And um, we're, we're, we're going around the country doing that. And that's keeping me busy enough. I got, the, I got my cartoon, The Proud Family. I've got a new company called One Song, and I'm doing TV, film, everything that I'm to the point where I had lunch with George Lucas one time. He asked me to lunch. Can you believe that? That's and crazy. I never like, heard this huh? one. This wasn't in the book. I was like, huh? And he sat down in front of me and he he pretty much told me the things that worked for him. And one of the things that stood out was he said, I got to tell you something, Tom. Not one single one of the projects that I've ever done, people said it was okay to do. People said no to everything, every, even Indiana Jones. I mean, all that stuff. No, it's not yet. So now I'm at the point where I have a lot more knowledge about, I have a lot more knowledge about all the different genres. So now I'm setting sail to bring my own projects out into, in, in, into the world. So I'm busy doing that. And, and I'm, I'm a parent too, you know, all the stuff, all, all the good things, you know? Absolutely. Well, the new music is out now. And uh, Tommy, you'll have to come back. I know we got to get going because you got to wrap up and have another one and you have another one. Uh, but thank you for doing this. And hopefully you'll come back to promote uh, your next projects. Man, thank you so much. And thanks for covering the music because it's new. And that is a hard, hard business. But it's getting a lot easier because just like comedy, comedy was tough. Com- comedy was really, really easy to me because I had the talent. But it what that wasn't just comedy. You got to get in the club. You got to, you know. It's a lot of work to get people to see you. You know, it's all those things. So I'm becoming familiar with, with all of the business stuff and all of the, all of the people stuff that comes with that business. You know, and, and, my, and my, my purpose here, the reason why I'm motivated to do it is because I know I got something beautiful to share with you guys. Absolutely. And, you do. No, and that's why they, they always had you do those musical impersonations on In Living Color because you can actually sing and dance and do the, you do the voices perfect. Like I said, your vocal range on that one song is amazing. So very impressive. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Tommy. We'll be in touch. Man, thanks for the interview, man. And All thanks right. for reading the book, man. Absolutely. I really? love highly recommend the book as well. Okay. Tommy Davis and Living in Color yes. is everywhere. Amazon. Absolutely. I think it was free on Audible. I feel like it's part of the like library or something. I don't know. I don't yeah, think I, yeah, I haven't been paid by them for that. Okay, them. what? Yeah, but but I can dig it though, because I did the I did the voiceover myself. Yeah, it's great. I love so it. You can hear, you can hear me telling it. Yes, know? absolutely. I love it. It was very powerful. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Have a good one. I'm looking forward to seeing you. You too. All right. All right. Have a good holiday. It's coming fast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the full podcast episode. Please help support our guests by following them on social media and purchasing their products, whether it be a book, album, film, or other thing. And if you have a few extra dollars, please consider donating it to their favorite charity. If you want to support the show, you can like, share, and comment on this episode on social media and YouTube. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can give us a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Finally, make sure you're subscribed to the show on YouTube for the video versions and other exclusive content. We appreciate your support. Have a great rest of your day and shoot for the moon.